It's time now for Keeping It 100 with Dory. Sponsored by the Derek Olivier Institute, Keeping It Real with Dory is designed to analyze, discuss, and develop positive outcomes to help stop the violence in the community. Now, let's go to the studios. Here's our show host, Edmund Davis. Parents and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships when you apply. You'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. Welcome, class, and guess what? What's the science? Let's let the course begin, as every episode is a semester. And thank you for tuning in to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio, making history one generation at a time. We are broadcasting from Arkansas Baptist College in downtown Little Rock's historic Dunbar neighborhood. We are just three lights from the Arkansas State Capitol building, the seat of power in the natural state. Keeping It 100 with Dory comes on every Thursday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Buffalo Radio. 
We are the newest HBCU radio station in the nation. We are America's only radio hour that discusses black male murders as the number one killer here in this country. And so, of course, we have to address these issues. Okay, that's what we do moving forward because African-American males ages 1 through 44 in the U.S., the number one killer is homicides. It's not cancer. It's not accidents. It's homicide. So we bring on people every week to talk about strategies, methods, their skill sets, what they do, and how we can use that tool that they have to bless others to minimize and mitigate African-American male homicides one generation at a time, okay? So if you're a first-time listener, let me explain to you what Keeping It 100 with Dory does. This is pretty much Buffalo radio is pretty much uh, therapy, if you will. It's radio therapy to a lot of people when we talk about those types of extensions. And so what do we promote? An intentional effort to grow and maintain healthy relationships with others and ourselves, being committed to a lifestyle of integrity and an honest effort to keep ourselves and others uh, afloat. We want to make sure that we tell the truth with no malintentions, even when drama leads to drama. Okay, that's right. Even when drama leads to trauma. Okay, and of course, homicides. This program is radio therapy here on Buffalo Radio. And for some black males, the barbershop is what they have. Here is the radio station and barbershops here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay, so of course, we have to move forward. And our next part of the show is these just quick announcements. Uh, one announcement we want to talk about is, of course, the elevated rates of African-American male, females rather, black women in their um, entrepreneurial endeavors. Of course, the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in this country are African-American women. So kudos to our sisters, our mothers, our daughters, and what they're doing, some of our contemporaries. They're making great strides, even in the midst of COVID, okay? So again, I looked at those numbers, and yes, sisters, African-American women are holding it down, and we appreciate them moving forward. All right, that's one section of our good news uh, topic. The other one is I want to say thank you to Shorter College. Uh, Shorter College yesterday blessed me to be on their campus and we talk about the respondability of version two. That's right, respondability 2.0. We talked about it yesterday. We had a fine presentation and I want to thank Dr. Uh, Wimberly, Yvette Wimberly. I want to thank uh, Mr. Uh, Tim Campbell. I want to thank President uh, Jerome Green. I want to thank uh, Chaplain uh, Miss Mary uh, and others who were there to experience that great endeavor. And of course, to all the students that showed up, you could have been somewhere else, you could have been in the bistro, you could have been uh, at home, but you decided to come back and to listen to the Respondiability 2.0 version where we empower people of all colors, in particular, African-American males, with how to respond responsibly, not just to law enforcement, but who? To yourselves, to themselves. And so most people look at African-American males and they have this uh, stigma about us and so, of course, we talked yesterday about the social and emotional IQ, whether it's high, whether it's low, whether it's challenged, whether it grows. We talked about that and we gave uh, various uh, ensemble scenarios as it relates to what we need to do to enhance our social and emotional IQs. A lot of brothers are losing their lives out here in these streets, whether it's in Philly, Little Rock, Memphis, Chicago, Atlanta, L.A., and so on and so forth, because we're making bad decisions based on our emotions and our feelings. And so that's something that uh, we have to continuously address and we have to get behind God in the process. That's right, get behind God in the process, all right? So moving forward, uh, before we have our awesome guest come on, I wanna just kinda say a few things uh, about uh, this man. And uh, I had an opportunity to meet uh, Mr. Lamont Farrell uh, several weeks ago 
uh, in the ATL, was out there in Atlanta on a business trip and uh, taking care of some business. And we have a mutual friend who uh, linked us both together. And uh, I realized that he were from the same place, whether it's Chester County, whether it's uh, Upper Derby, whether it's Jaden, whether it's West Philly in a house. Uh, we both know that language back there in southeastern Pennsylvania. And of course, uh, you know, he was an All-American basketball player. I believe I was in junior high school at the time he was in high school or possibly even in, in elementary school, <laughs> no pun intended. But definitely uh, this person is, has a household name in basketball. Uh, also now he has a household name when it comes to writing, when it comes to productions, when it comes to being a director, and when it comes to being a CEO of his own company, which is unique. And of course, I wanna bring to the show and I want Mr. Lamont Farrell to talk further about what it is that he does. He's got some big plans coming moving forward because for those who are listening, again, this man that I'm about to introduce to you, you know, he's done work for a number of people. And of course, he's an employer himself. So he has people working under uh, his banneker, of course, uh, just jokes and entertainment. So of course, uh, it's unique. It's a blessing to be able to uh, speak and to be able to invite uh, Mr. Lamont Farrell to uh, Keeping It 100 with Dory here at Buffalo Radio here at the campus of Arkansas Baptist College. He has been uh, a producer and has written for Tyler Perry. Of course, we all know that show, The House of Pain. He has done work with uh, Moesha, the show, of course. He was uh, on that show with a lot of credits. And also, of course, um, the Girlfriends TV series uh, that Mrs. Davis uh, used to watch uh, several years ago. Okay, so without further ado, y'all, Let's welcome Mr. Lamont Ferrell. Hey, Lamont, how you doing, sir? What's up, brother? How are you? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can hear you loud and clear. All is well, man. All is well. So, um, again, honored to have you on the show, whether they're listening from Philly, whether they're listening from uh, Pittsburgh or in, in Seattle. We just want to say thank you for taking the time out to invest in this show, Keeping It 100 with Dory here at uh, Buffalo Radio. Man, we really appreciate it. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on as a guest, uh, you know, especially, man, during Black History Month, man, it really makes me proud to be here and, uh, you know, to chop it up with you, man, to talk about, you know, things that are going on in our society today that, uh, that we need to address, man. So I'm just glad to be here and, uh, and um, I hope people, like you said, from all over the country tune in to, uh, to listen to us uh, this evening. Yes, yes, definitely. Well... Tell the Keeping It 100 audience, I know I introduced you, but tell the audience here listening some things about you, two or three extra items about you that I didn't mention because your resume is so vast, it's so extensive, and uh, it's only doing you service, so go ahead and go. So I want you to go ahead and share some more about yourself with the audience. Well, man, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I tell people I've been blessed to, you know, have many talents, man. I, I wear many hats. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, I started off, you know, in high school playing basketball, man, and uh, was fortunate enough to be pretty good and, and uh, got a chance to play collegially at Temple University for the Hall of Fame. Yes, yes. And you played for the legendary, okay, and I like I to say legendary. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I majored in journalism at Temple, and, um, and, uh, I uh, started doing stand-up comedy on a dare at Temple, and so um, my stand-up put my stand-up comedy hat on, and 
and you got a chance to be on Showtime at the Apollo in uh, Harlem, New York, and BT's Comic View and a bunch of other shows. Uh, and uh, but I always had a love for writing and uh, and telling and, and, and storytelling. And so I moved to uh, Los Angeles in the mid '90s. And uh, after you know a little bit of struggle here and there, man, I landed uh, a job writing on a TV show. Uh, for BET, and then uh, I got hired to write for uh, The Parenthood with Robert Townsend, and um, I've been uh, been writing for TV, man, ever since, man, and just telling stories, and, and I'm, uh, I, I'm also a, a, a professor, man. I teach screenwriting. I have my own curriculum that I teach under uh, Lamont Farrell's uh, TV sitcom one-on-one, mm-hmm. and I'm a professor at the uh, University of Southern California, uh, teaching screenwriting in their uh, cinematic uh, school of art. That's awesome. Uh, so we're contemporaries in that regard, and, and it's, it's wonderful. You know, we both have that experience. And if I'm ever out there, I think I've been through the campus maybe one time back in the 90s between that and UCLA, just kind of driving through. But I've never been to the classroom, so hopefully I'll get an, uh, an invitation to come to your class one day. <laughs> Oh, come on through, man. Yes. Never, never, uh, never told to learn, man. That's what I always say. Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, I remember growing up back in Philly as a teenager, um, looking at John Cheney, man, and just, you know, what he stood for and just, you know, uh, my dad used to always talk about Coach Cheney in North Philly at Temple University back in the late 80s, early 90s, you know. And, and I had a, and I didn't mention this to you before when we met, I had a, I have still have a cousin who played for Temple. I think he got there. I think you were gone by the time he got there. But do you remember a guy named John Miller? John, Jonathan Miller, yeah, John Miller, yeah. Yeah, I know, point guard. Uh, I, I, I remember John Miller. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I think he transferred. Small world. Yep, yep, and went to South Clemson or or something like that. But yeah, that's my that's my cousin. That's my mom's cousin. Wow, yeah, he was actually after me, man. So, uh, okay. but yeah, I, I remember he yeah, he did transfer. Yep, he was yep. a good player. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember growing up. I gotta go ahead and tell him that I have you on the show. But definitely, um, I want to you know talk about our, our topic is art imitates life and the negative uh, black male imagery that we see in Hollywood. And uh, you know, of course, I'm always on the outside looking in and, and giving commentary and try to speak truth to life as it relates to uh, me teaching at Arkansas Baptist College. We're the uh, only school in the country that has at a co-ed level to have 70% of our students African-American males. So it's a unique platform here in central Arkansas. And I was telling my students, I said, hey, y'all, y'all won't believe who I had a chance to talk to. And they was like, oh, okay. And of course, these guys are young. They're, they're not even millennials. They're like Generation Z. They're like 18, 19 you know, years old. So they... Uh, don't know too much of the pedagogy of, of uh, sitcoms and shows, but I kind of briefed them a little bit on, you know, some of the work that you've done moving forward. And it was like, cool. And one of them just actually walked into the studio. I told the students here at ABC to come by the studio and to hear our interview and to uh, just kind of be present in the moment for Black History Month. And uh, it's good. But yeah, definitely, uh, you know, as, as it relates to, um, those shows. So what inspired you after basketball? I know you mentioned that it was the comedy club scene uh, in Philly and then of course up in New York. So what was the genesis behind it all? How was it 
you just woke up and started. Did you just re- did you realize that you had that in you uh, while you were playing basketball, or just kind of come? How did it come about? Oh man, you know, I grew up in a household uh, where my parents uh, really instilled enough that we could do anything, and um, and I uh, I grew up in a house with seven brothers. Man, I had seven brothers, no girls, uh, all boys, and you had to stand out. You know, you had to make right. your way, man. I was in the middle, middle child, and, um, you know, I have three older brothers and uh, three younger brothers. So, you know, I was always, you know, had the gift for gab, always talking, always joking, always right. poking fun, man. My, my parents were actually funny, you know, and so we always uh, just joked around and, and with each other and always told stories. And so I originally wanted to, uh, uh, I majored in uh, journalism, minor in advertising because I wanted to, uh, 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 tell them right Super Bowl commercials. You know the funny Super Bowl ads that you would see. That always intrigued me, and I was like, man, I, I could write that stuff. And I always right. think I had good ideas for that. So I majored in journalism, minor in advertising. Um, but when I again, when I got to Temple, I started majoring in creative writing as well, and um, started uh, doing stand-up comedy on the dare because we would go to talent shows at the school. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the guys on the team uh, dared me to enter one week. And then I found my love for uh, telling stories and jokes and on stage. And uh, it was a student there who was a waitress, and she asked me how long I was doing comedy. I told her five minutes. <laughs> she told me I, I was pretty good. She was a waitress at the local comedy club, The Funny Bone. She told me I should go down there and try it. I never thought about doing comedy, you know, mm-hmm. on, on a stage. But, you know, I, I went and, and, and tried it, man, and got the buzz. And, uh, you know, nothing I know. I was, um, I, I was, uh, you know, doing uh, stand-up uh, comedy, opening up for a lot of big names that came to Philly. Martin Lawrence, uh, mm-hmm. Dave and Alan Greer, uh, Mark Curry, you know, a whole, a whole, bunch, of, uh, whole bunch of people. Wow. You said David Allen Greer. I, I keep thinking about In Living Color and um, some of those uh, shows he had, some of those skits he had with uh, Tommy Davidson. <laughs> but uh, we're going to take our first commercial break real fast, folks. And we want you to stay back in tune right here on Buffalo Radio's Keeping It 100. Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships when you apply. You'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 
$2,500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships. And we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. Welcome back to Keeping It 100. We're doing here on Buffalo Radio, where being real is the deal. For those who just now tuned in, my name is Ed Davis, professor of history and director of the Derek Olivier Research Institute for the Prevention of Gun Violence. And I want to give a special shout out to Papa Joseph and Mama Alma Olivier and the whole entire Olivier family in southern uh, Louisiana out there. And of course, our hopes and thoughts and prayers are still with you. And we represent Derek and give God the glory moving forward. Now, back to our awesome guest. We have on the line, folks, okay? We have on the line Mr. Lamont Farrell, and we thank God for him and what he's doing, how his skill sets is being used, okay, as a protective factor to what we see out here in these streets. And, of course, he just told you a second ago about his inspiration, about the uh, change from being a PIAA All-American basketball player playing at Penwood, folks, okay, playing at Penwood, okay, playing basketball, going to Temple University, under the legendary coach John Cheney, and uh, you know, being a basketball legend back home in the Hall of Fame, to being a Hollywood producer, writer, director, and influencer. Hashtag influencer. That's right. This man I'm talking to right now. So it's an honor to speak to him, as he provides us with information and intel about other segues we can use to help some of this uh, bloodshed in the streets slow down and stop. And so, uh, Brother Lamont, when when I tell you this next number. I want to get your input, your feedback to it, okay? Now, tell me what you think about when you hear last, the last two years, over 15,000 black males were violently killed in the United States over the last two years. What are, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts when you hear that? Man, it, it, it hurts my heart, brother, you know, because I, and I read the, the, the news, watch the news, you know, and, you know every day. And, um, you know, it's just these senseless crimes, senseless murders. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of it is, is black on black. You know, let's just mm-hmm. be, keep it real. We keep it 100, you know, right. keep it real. It's us, you know, killing each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just no, no reason for it to happen, man. We need to start thinking uh, before we react. And, and, and I looked, I saw in the news today, in Chicago, uh, a young man uh, shot and killed a 12-year-old boy uh, because he was made fun of him while they were playing a video game. Wow! You know, it was just—it's just—it's just unbelievable the things that we're going through, 
uh, uh, today, and we are losing generations, generations of, uh, of black and brown men, uh, you know, over uh, nonsense, quite frankly, man. And, and there's no, never reason to, you know, to kill someone, man. But, you know, if you're in a situation where, you know, people are robbing people and carjacking people and shooting people, it, it's just, it's just senseless, man. And we're doing it to each other. And, um, and uh, it, we, we have to figure something out, man, how this has to, how we're going to have to uh, stop this uh, uh, epidemic. Yes, I agree. And like you heard this story in Chicago, and I believe last year, Chi-Town had close to 800 uh, homicides that were African-American males uh, primarily. And uh, that's like 95% of the murders are always uh, gravitates towards black males. But I heard a story also, I believe it was two days ago, or it may have been yesterday. I hear them so frequently being a director of a research institute that, that keeps tabs on black male homicides. But this was a young lady, she was nine years old, in the back seat of a car. She was shot in the head because of, of road rage incidents. You know, uh, and it teared me up to the point to where, you know, I'm thinking, you have people in traffic with loaded pistols just waiting to be cut off so they can watch you respond, then fire their weapon at you, you know. That's the, that's the world, we live in a fallen world and, and that's what it's come down to. And so uh, now when I'm in traffic, I always think two or three times, I don't ever look or make a lot of good eye contact with somebody if I'm violated or if they are violated by me. You know, it's not intentional uh, most of the time. I don't, I don't do that, I don't think. But uh, it's crazy when it comes to uh, looking at the numbers of young people that are losing their lives violently and the trauma that is applied to that. And of course, uh, me and my mentor, we call it the multiplier because if you pull up to a school, and this happened two years ago at Arkansas, uh, I think uh, Southern Arkansas University where a young man lost his life and um, there were four other people in a car with the shooter. All of these young black males caught first degree homicide charges and they weren't even the shooters, but they were in the vehicle, you know, with the shooter. But there are four counts of uh, first degree uh, homicide charges. So that's that multiplier effect where if you're in a vicinity in a vehicle with someone who's a killer and you just happen to be sitting next to him, uh, you get that charge too. And, and it's definitely unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, something that um, it's definitely uh, something that we, we have to not just seek solutions, but we have to be proactive in talking about it. No, I agree, man. No, no. Uh, you know, when I'm driving now, I'm real conscious of people around me. I'm real conscious of, um, of, of, of you know, blowing my horn. You know, before mm -hmm. you just blow your horn, you know what I mean? But right. now I'm super, I, I don't, you know? I mean, I, I try to avoid it at all costs because you just never know how someone's going to react, man. It's a shame you have to be like that. Right. But that's just the kind of world that, unfortunately, that we, that we live in. Yep. Um, when I was in high school back in 92, I took this exam called the SATs. <laughs> we all know about the SATs, the Scholastic Aptitude Test. But yesterday I talked Absolutely. about- Absolutely. Right. Yesterday I told the class, not the class, a crowd that I was speaking to, I said the new 21st century SATs are the safety advocacy tips. You need some new set of rules, new set of SATs when you're in car driving down the street. You can't be uh, doing the things we did back in the, in the early to late 80s when you're driving. 
it's a little different ball game now and it could cost you your life. But my next question for yeah. you, yeah. But my next question is, is what are your thoughts on the roles of Hollywood uh, heavyweights, of course, half for black males? Now, of course, there are plenty of Hollywood heavyweights and uh, not throwing anyone under the bus, but you know, I look at some of the imagery that I see in Hollywood and it's like a lot of the black males are playing either uh, black fratricide advocates, they're, they're shooting or killing other black males or they're beating up black women or they're you know, having multiple uh, relationships with black women or they're living a lifestyle that's not uh, natural, if you get what I'm saying. I'm thinking, man, you know, uh, I know black males with these roles, you know, how it resonates with some of these guys on the streets when they look at these movies and hear some of the music that they hear. They're talking about, you know, killing each other. They're not talking about killing nobody else but black males or even black women now, you know. Before it was just intercourse and that's it. Now you're talking about killing women and they're doing that. You know, these streets are being spilled with blood of young guys shooting at pregnant women, shooting and putting their hands on somebody's daughter. And it's just, it's been way out of hand for generations, but what we're seeing now in this age of technology where it's being video recorded. And so what are your thoughts to that? I know you've got uh, a lot more information, a lot more knowledge being, you know, a Hollywood veteran and just a skilled person. So give us, give the audience, you know, your interpretation of, of what you're thinking and what you're seeing. Well, I, I mean, I, I think we've come, you know, a long way from, uh, the images that we've seen uh, many years ago where all we were, all we had were just gang or members or thugs and, and playing uh, portrayed in, in, in movies. So we've come a long way from that, but we still have a long way uh, 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 to go. As a person who writes and, 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 and has a direct impact on, on images of African-American men, I, you know, I, I definitely are conscious of that. And um, I definitely try to put out a positive images Mm -hmm. uh, when I am uh, when I'm writing, obviously uh, writing and, and television and film is a reflection of society. So yeah, right. you're going to have some negative images in all types of, of hues, whether white, black, you know, right. Asian, you know, uh, Indian or, or what have you. But it has to be a balance. That's where the, the problem is. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, there's not a balance uh, when you're when you're watching television, you're watching film, and all you see are the negative images and the never negative stereotypes. Of, of, of us, of people of color. And today, especially, you mentioned about the, uh, 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 the images that we have in our pockets. Nowadays, you know, it, 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 I think it's proliferated because it's glorified. Mm -hmm. You know, people have their cell phones, there's a fight, everybody wants to record it, everybody wants to pass it along, and it's not really looked upon anymore as something negative, it's kind of looked upon as entertainment. And, and that's the unfortunate aspect of it, because with the video games, with the movies, with the TV, especially mm -hmm. for the, um, the young people, you know, that's why you see a lot of uh, uh, children, young teenagers, you know, getting shot with, with guns that they find from their parents and, and things like that under the bed or in a car seat or in a car is because of what they see. And these a lot of times in these video games, and I'm not putting all the onus on the video games, right. but, you know, I remember growing up, uh, my father, and this is in the 70s, mm -hmm. my father would not even allow us to, to uh, have guns. This mm -hmm. is in the 70s. He, he was way ahead of the time. <laughs> I mean, he didn't want us playing with, you know, any type of toy guns, uh, uh, water guns, you know, he had a little problem with. But any guns that really looked like it was a real gun, 
we weren't allowed to have it. Right. You know, and we couldn't understand it. We're playing cowboys and Indians and things like that and cops mm-hmm. and robbers. But my dad, <laughs> even back then, was like, no, we ain't having no, no guns up in here. You know, and we were just like, why? He said, because, you know, you, you, when you have guns uh, that look like guns, that's going to get you in trouble because when you go from five, six, seven, eight, now you're 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. now you have a gun and you, now you turn from a pl- play gun to a toy gun to a real gun. And, you know, now you're out here in society running into cops and things like that. And, and, and you don't want to have that, uh, uh, that stigma on you. So, you know, even today, man, I don't own a gun and I'm not saying guns are something that, that, are, that are bad, but, mm-hmm. you know, all these killings wouldn't be happening if there weren't so many guns in society. Right, definitely. And for those who are just now tuning in, this is Ed Davis here, your host and producer for Keeping It 100 with Dory here on Buffalo Radio. And my special guest is uh, the one and only Lamont Farrell. Definitely, uh, he has been a staple in the Hollywood industry in terms of uh, being a producer, a writer, uh, also a comedian, a business owner, an entrepreneur, and a former uh, basketball All-American. And he played for uh, the legendary coach uh, John Cheney at Temple University back in my hometown of Philly uh, back in the day. And so real quick, um, I have a couple of my students in the studio and they're listening to you. And uh, before we go on our next commercial break and everything, I just got one more. Well, I got a comment for you, uh, Brother Lamont. And I'm reading this from the Bureau of Justice Statistics. It says special report. And this was published here. It says black victims of violence. And it says here, and I quote, black victims of homicide are most likely to be males, 85% between ages 17 and 29 at 51%. And for those listening, I'll say it one more time. Black uh, black homicide victims are likely 85% between ages 17 and 29. And of course, that's 51%. So in transliteration, most of the folks out here getting shot, 50% of the deaths in this country are uh, African-American males. But we're only 6.6% of the population. That is so absurd just to think about it. That's, a, that's appalling, man. That's just really uh, a, a crazy, unfortunate statistic. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Right, right. And so... I try to tell people, you know, those who did not even have your skills and some that had probably better skills than me and you both, that sports uh, is a protective factor, you know, or just having some type of extracurricular uh, program in place. It's, it's, it's proven facts that these are protective factors. And so, uh, of course, with you was uh, playing the sport of basketball and you excelled at that exceptionally. And, uh, of course, now by you being definitely an artist, by way of your writing skills, by way of telling jokes, by way of being an owner, by way of uh, having copyrights, by way of uh, being inside the industry and uh, being an executive, you know, uh, I want the audience to know that what you do is you provide protective factors, you provide risk uh, factors, counter risk factors rather, uh, in Hollywood. And so for my students listening, okay, um, this is something that's dear to my heart, using the skill set that God has given you to be able to help empower or help employ people working for you or just provide an opportunity for them to uh, work for themselves. And, and that's what exactly uh, Mr. Farrell is doing as it relates to uh, being an executive in Hollywood and being the CEO of his own company. 
And so, uh, um, real quick, I want to give uh, one of you an opportunity to uh, to speak to uh, Mr. Lamont. I got a student here. How you doing, Mr. All right. How are you? What's your name? How you doing, Mr. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. All right, kind of in and out, but go ahead and ask your question. What influenced you? Mr. Mr. Lamont, what influences your legacy? What influences my legacy? Uh, wow, that's a question that I really asked before. Uh, you know, I would say just doing the best work that I can do, man. You know, at heart, um, I'm a storyteller. Uh, you know, I, I think I've been put on this earth to to tell stories, to entertain people through my writing and storytelling. So I just try to tell the most authentic stories that I can. And, um, you know, I write all types of genres, but, you know, I, I'm a comedy writer. 90% uh, of the shows that I've written for, you know, comedy. So I think in today's times, with all that's going on with COVID and, and, and the killings and, you know, and, 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 and uh, going on around the world with, you know, the famines and, 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 uh, um, and a lot of the natural disasters. I think we need to laugh, man. So, you know, I think uh, it, take, it really tickles my, uh, uh, um, my funny bone when someone comes up to me and says, hey, you know, I, I saw your show, I watched your show, I saw some of your stand-up, or I watched an episode that you wrote, and, you know, just made my day, made me laugh, and um, started my week off right. So... You know, as far as my legacy, man, I just want to keep doing the best work I can do and keep creating and telling the best stories that I can tell. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, that was one of my students here. I got another one in the studio. But before he asks that question, um, I got another question, and this question is relegated towards, of course, you pretty much explain, uh, you know, some of these roles, and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. But I know and I checked your background, your roles have been awesome, man. First, I want to first and foremost say thank you for providing the roles that you provided for African-American males over the years. I get down with it. My son does. My wife does. And when I told her that we had this, con when, I'm t when I would tell her about the conversation we had before, she was like, that's a good path. That's a good trail. But real quick, we're going to take another commercial break right here at Buffalo Radio's Keeping It 100 with Dory. We have on this call, on this radio, we have the legendary Mr. Lamont Farrell, definitely CEO. Uh, uh, he's a um, comedian. He's an um, entrepreneur. You know, he's an investor in human capital, and he uses the skills that God has given him to bless other people, whether it's with the Michelle Moesha back in the day, or girlfriends, or of course, Tyler Perry's House of Pain. He's done a whole lot on his resume. So we'll be right back with Mr. Lamont Farrell. Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College Today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College Today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. 
The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships when you apply. You'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a $2,500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. Welcome back to Keeping It 100 here on Buffalo Radio. We're being real is the deal. I'm your host, Ed Davis. We have on the call here. We have on the call here uh, Mr. Lamont Pharrell, of course, CEO of Just Jokes Entertainment. He's also um, a former basketball All-American. And that's right, he played for the legendary coach at Temple, John Cheney. When you think about Temple basketball, that's the first name I think about. Okay, I think about... Also, uh, Lamont, when he played, I think about uh, Aaron McKee. I think about Eddie Jones. I think about, you know, of course, a few other players there. But I remember in the early 90s when I was at West Philly High School, I saw those guys on TV, and I saw when they played uh, the, the uh, North Carolina Chapel Hill, I believe in the Elite Eight uh, back in the 90s, I believe it was. Can't recall what year it was. But, yeah, Temple definitely was put on the map because of what John Cheney done with players like uh, Lamont Pharrell. Okay, so again, um, awesome conversation we're having about looking at strategies and, and methods and means to help slow down the uh, aggressive nature, this murderous spirit of homicide here as it relates to African-American males here in America, not just in Little Rock, not just in Philly, all across the country. We're plagued with this sin problem, this sin issue, and we know it starts in the heart. We know it starts with broken relationships. Okay, this is not something that we're making up here. It's been going on for 72 years at this elevated rate. That's right. Since 1950, I've been keeping track of it. But it's been mostly aggressive the last two or three years. And, uh, of course, it looks like those 90s numbers where we had uh, 24 and 25,000 homicides uh, per year. I think last year we had about 22 to 21,000. And half of those, okay, yes, almost half of those are African-American males. Okay, half of those are almost African-American males. Okay, so we're going to look at the glass being half full and not half empty and get back to our uh, questions with our awesome guests. Okay, so uh, also, uh, Lamont, Mr. Pharrell, I have another uh, student here in the studio that wants to ask you a question, okay? 
How you doing, Mr. Lamont? My name is Devin Davis. I'm from Lottel, Louisiana. I was wondering uh, who inspired you the most, who kept you going. Can you say that again, Devin? I was wondering who inspired you the most and what kept you going. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a good question, man. Well, I think what inspires me the most, man, is a good Lord above, brother. You know, that keeps me going, uh, it keeps me pushing through this business because it's an entertainment business, man. It's a business. There's a lot of ups and downs, and you got to have what my coach Cheney would say, uh, my college basketball coach, stick to itiveness. So you got to be able to persevere. <laughs> through the rough times, you know, when uh, when the phone's not ringing, you gotta make it ring, gotta make your own way. So uh, that's what kind of pushes me through. And also, man, you know, when I watch TV, when I uh, watch films, you know, I, 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 I see things on television and the movies that, you know, I think, man, I could do better than that. You know, I think our stories aren't being told like they should be. And so that would keep inspiring me to tell the stories that aren't being told. So that's what keeps me pushing. Keep pushing myself. Thank you. Thank you. That's No problem. No problem. Okay. Yeah. These are the 21st century learners, and uh, I appreciate them and them being in the studio here on Buffalo Radio's Keeping It 100 with Dory. Uh, Mm-mm, but I de- got it straight. <laughs> definitely. Um. Just what now? I got a question, uh, Lamont. What? Why is it so difficult for uh, for people to get into writing? You know, what steps could a young African American male, just anybody, what steps are need to be taken to get into the area of uh, being a writer, uh, whether it's for Tyler Perry or for anybody? What types of steps are need to be taken to be considered a serious writer? And you know, I, I think like anything else, you know, you have to. Uh, you have to learn. You have to go to school, learn how to become a writer. Um, I teach writing classes. That's the reason why I started teaching my sitcom 101 writing classes for writers uh, that's trying to start out. Um, but I think the main thing is to do is just to do it. Just write. You know, you don't have to be at a, at a, at a, at a university or take a master's degree to learn how to write. You just got to get a pen and a pad. Hopefully, if you can afford it, a computer, and just telling your stories. And in a long way, you'll get better and better and better. But, you know, you just, like, just got to jump on your bike and begin riding. Um, but there are definitely, uh, like I said, courses that I teach. My class um, It's really affordable. I teach it during Zoom so people can take it all around the country, all around the world. Mm-hmm. Or there's tutorials even on YouTube that are free that you can learn how to uh, learn how to write. Okay, definitely. Um, and for those who are listening, uh, Mr. Farrell teaches a class at USC and... Uh, before we end our interview, I want you to definitely uh, give more intel about how people can possibly take your class. And uh, of okay. course, yeah, I want to get more of that. Okay. Well, my next question is, um, for, for the most part, you know, and I, I get into it with people in a friendly kind of a way. It's not uh, to the point that where it comes to fisticuffs or mm-hmm. anything, but I get into conversations about uh, music. And I'm a product of, I was a teenager in the 80s. And the music that I listen to now, most of it when it comes to rap music, not all of it, because you got some guys that don't talk about killing each other. You got some rappers that don't proliferate uh, girls shaking half naked. You got some guys that don't talk about killing each other and smoking dope and rims all day. You do have some good guys like that. But for the most part, a lot of times we see on mainstream uh, emblems and, of course, 
on the major platforms we see, whether it's here in the South, the East Coast, or in the West Coast, a lot of times we see, most of the times, the rappers are always talking about, you know, uh, black fratricide, you know, the killing of other black males. And of course, the disrespect of black women has been uh, more than aggressive. In fact, sometimes you got black women that's doing it to themselves, and we're promoting that. And of course, the materialistic world that we live in, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think that it's a contributor to some of the homicides that we see? Because I talked to a police chief and he said, man, we arrest these guys. You'll be surprised. You wouldn't be surprised at the music they're listening to when we stop them. And it's the music about, you know, I got to kill me somebody. And they're always holding up pistols and they're always high and in dark rooms. And a bunch of guys in a dark room holding up pistols is not too attractive at all. But that's what the young folks, and not all of them, but that's what they're listening to. But what are your thoughts on that, uh, Brother Lamont? Yeah, you know, I think there's a direct correlation. Um, I don't think that's the only factor, because obviously everyone who's killing other people and, 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 and causing mayhem in society, you know, aren't listening to, uh, you know, a lot of that music. But I think there's a lot of factors. I think it's, it's the music. I think it's the video games. I think it's the movies. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also, you got to look at, how a lot of these young men are being uh, reared, being raised, r raised in a single parent household. A lot of time, no parents households with the grandparents. It, it, you know, it, it's, 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 it's it, like you were saying earlier, as far as sports, I don't think sports is the, is the solution, but it gives a lot of young people something to do, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's an extracurricular activity. That's why when I was growing up, you know, we stayed out of trouble. Like I said, I had seven brothers. None of my brothers ever been arrested and, locked up, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that to say, wow, that's right. a great thing. It, it, it right. shouldn't be. But, you know, when you grow up in the Philadelphia area with, you know, seven boys, you figure something might happen. But, you know, it's because, you know, we didn't want to get in trouble because we were afraid to get in trouble because of our parents, because of my dad, because of my mom. <laughs> so I think a lot of that is a major factor and doesn't play in today's uh, society because of the, you know, how, how the single parents Mm -hmm. uh, that are raising and children. A lot of times these children are raising themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, and I co-sign what you said because, you know, I always thought about what would my dad do to me if he found this out or if I did that, bringing disrespect to the David's name. I was always, that was always in the back of my mind trying to make it home safe first and foremost. But also, if I got in trouble, I don't want to have my dad come after me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it clean, you know. <laughs> And he always kept me working. I always had a job. I was working, you know, before I was a teenager back in 84. I had a, I've had been working since 1984, I think. So in some kind of odd job in, in middle school, junior high school, uh, high school, college, grad school. And of course, Man, now. <laughs> I, I'm out there, you know, shoveling snow, right. <laughs> newspaper route, you know, uh, cutting grass, you know, whatever it was, man. You know, mm -hmm. you did it to try to make some money and put on your entrepreneurial hat. Right. Uh, you know, but, you know, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of young people nowadays, man, they, they don't, they don't, they, they, that work is beneath them. So they, they don't want to do that. I mean, I get a lot of email texts all the time from back home with people looking for people to shovel snow and do mm -hmm. things like that and cut grass and things. And, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, man, uh, you know, that, that work ethic isn't instilled today like it, uh, like it was when we were growing up. Right, right. So tell me, what are your three greatest uh, comedies, three black sitcoms? Give me, name just three 
of your favorite black comedies of all time. The Keeping It 100 Door audience wants to know what's Lamont's favorite three black comedies of all time. Wow, man. You know, uh, <laughs> whew, that's tough. But I would just say, man, uh, I got to go with, uh, of all time, I got to go with Sanford and Son. I'm going way back, but that show is still funny to me <laughs> to this day. Uh, I got to go with, um, uh, uh, I'm probably going to leave out some, some stuff, but I'll probably say uh, Good Times, Good mm-hmm. Times with my show growing up. And, uh, and you know, my temple, temple brother, who I, I, I know uh, has gone through a lot uh, today, but still the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is one of the greatest of all time. So that would be my top three, man. If I, if I was stuck on an island somewhere and that's only three episodes I could watch, man, and I, I think I'd be pretty entertained. Okay. And to the <laughs> listeners all over the country, you're talking to a Hollywood executive. Well, I'm interviewing one, but um, he just gave me his uh, three top comedy shows, black that is, of all time. And all those shows he's called off, folks, guess what they had? A present black father. Okay, that's one of the genesis uh, to greatness, and sometimes not having that man there is just the opposite. And uh, and, and kudos yeah. to the to the single moms who've been holding it down because y'all are superhuman, you know. And we we thank those strong mothers that have been there, those present moms that have been holding two or three jobs, raising these young men, raising these boys, and they're not in trouble. That's God's grace and His mercy. We thank you, and uh, you know we're here to support you. But definitely, um. Again, good times. I look at James Evans and, of course, Cliff Huxtable. I look at those uh, images that have been killed off, in essence, a lot of times when we look at it. I think it's a, a little bit more now with Blackish making a little comeback. Well, of course, when the show was, was, was running, Family Matters, you know, had a Eddie, was it Eddie Winslow? You know, uh, Eddie Winslow, man. <laughs> I, I was uh, Moesha, man. Moesha, exactly, yep. Yep. Uh, the Parenthood, I wrote The Parenthood, Robert Townsend, he was a strong black guy. Yes, you know? yes. So, Man, that was my favorite, so one I, of my I, favorite movies was a Hollywood Shuffle. <laughs> Ho- Hollywood Shuffle, man. You and my wife and kids, right. yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yes, so, definitely. We have to keep them images images going, man. I, I have a, a, I just finished a, a new show, a new pilot uh, that I wrote with comedian Bruce Bruce, who, who, who plays a strong black father on, on his show. Tell us, tell, yeah, tell us some more about show. that. I want to hear more about that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, man. It's, 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 a, uh, it's called Bruise, and uh, it's a pilot. So, uh, you know, we just shot it, and we're trying to find a home for it. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's loosely based off Bruce Bruce, a comedian's life, who decides to uh, come, uh, come back home to, uh, uh, off the road because he's away from home a lot with his wife and, 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 and his, his three kids. Uh, you know, working on the road doing stand up, but now that they're teenagers, you know, he, they uh, he needs to be home in their presence, man. Mm-hmm. Speaking of strong black fathers, so he decides to come off the road and come back home, and and realize that you know uh, 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 a lot of the uh, the laughs are, are, are going to be bigger at home than on, on, on than on the road doing stand up, man, with his family and kids, man. So okay, it's called Bruise, and hopefully it'll be on sometime uh, later this year. Okay. So as we close out, Mr. Lamont, uh, give the Keeping It 100 just uh, how, how can people reach out to you if they want to come support you or just find out more? How can they reach out to you real fast? 
Man, I'm on all, all social media. Uh, you know, you can find Lamont Florell on Facebook, um, on Instagram, uh, Lamont, uh, at Lamont F. Florell on Instagram. Uh, you can go to my website at uh, just, J-U-S-T, jokes, J-O-K-E-S, entertainment.com. That's just jokes, entertainment.com. On there as well, it uh, has all the information as far as uh, my writing classes. I'm in the middle of one now. I'll start another one up probably sometime next month. All that information on there uh, if you want to reach out uh, to me. Um, or you can reach out to me via email, probably the best way. And my full name, Lamont, L-A-M-O-N-T, Pharrell, F as in Frank, E-R-R-E-L-L, Lamont Pharrell, at Ymail, Y as in Yahoo, Ymail.com, Lamont Pharrell at Ymail. Okay, well, thank you, sir. It's an honor, and we're going to definitely stay in contact with you and uh, be your best on all the creativity you have and how you're blessing the country through your shows and through your crafts. And I got my students just want to say something real fast to you before we sign on out. Thank you, Mr. Lamont. Right. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Mr. Lamont. Hey, no problem, guys. You know, I, and I'm in Arkansas. Hopefully, we all can get together and meet face to face, but it was my pleasure being on here and uh, god bless you brothers and uh remember man that you know the sky's the limit you can do anything that you want to do if you can dream it you can achieve it man so don't let anybody tell you that you can't do do something awesome our black history series will continue here on buffalo radio where being real is the deal i'm your host edmund davis we're keeping it 100 with dory we're being real is the deal definitely uh, stay tuned for next show of course, now it's time to get ghosts, and we won't boast because we know God is the most. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Keeping It 100 with Dory, the show designed to create positive attitudes and come up with solutions to stop the violence in the community. Join us every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. We'll see you next week.